Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morrison and Forrester, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts, and lawyers. Hello, welcome to the Above Board Podcast. This is your host, Dave Lynn. I'm co-chair of Morrison and Forster's Corporate Finance Capital Markets Practice, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Alex Iftme and Brandon Van Grack, who are my colleagues here at Morrison and Forster. Alex is co-chair of Morrison and Forster's Global Risk and Crisis Management Group. Alex's practice involves advising clients on cyber and U.S. national security matters, internal investigations, and government enforcement actions. Prior to joining Morrison and Forster, Alex held several senior positions at the Department of Justice, including counselor to the Attorney General, Deputy Chief of Staff, and counsel to the Assistant Attorney General for National Security, and Special Assistant United States Attorney in the Eastern District of Virginia. Brandon is also co-chair of Morrison and Forster's National Security and Global Risk and Crisis Management Group. Brandon's practice focuses on investigations, criminal defense, and compliance matters involving export controls and sanctions, foreign investment, and cyber incidents. Brandon's held multiple senior positions in the Department of Justice, including Chief of the Department of Justice's Foreign Agents Registration Act Unit. Alex and Brandon, thank you very much for joining me for the Above Board Podcast. Thanks for having us. Good to be with you. Today, our focus is on the always exciting world of cybersecurity, and cybersecurity has been a topic we've covered before on the Above Board podcast because it really is a topic that's been on the radar for boards of directors for some time now, but I think 2021 has really raised the stakes for boards to a whole new level uh, as a result of many of the cybersecurity developments that have been going on. What are some of the key cybersecurity threats that boards of directors should be focused on right now? Dave, I'm happy to take a, a first pass at that. This is Alex Iftemi. I'd say that, as you noted, Dave, cyber issues have been on boards' radars for, for quite some time. And, and so the, the question really is, well, what's new and different about 2021? And from, from my perspective, uh, I, I would say two main things. One is a focus on ransomware threat. And certainly ransomware has been around for many years, but the the sheer size of the problem, both in terms of the number of attacks and the number of groups that are responsible for these attacks, as well as the amount of ransoms that are being demanded, have, have turned ransomware into the cybersecurity threat of the year, and, and certainly the one that is getting the most focused attention, appropriately so, from boards and from, from senior management. Second, I would say that supply chain issues are an issue that is, is getting increased attention among boards, uh, board members and, and senior management. And that feeds off of the SolarWinds uh, compromise uh, from, from late 2020 that uh, was used by, by the Russian intelligence service to ascend, as, a, as a means of getting into the systems of hundreds of companies across the United States and across the world. And it put into stark focus the fact that companies need to think about not just are their own systems secure, but what are the types of risks and vulnerabilities that they're bringing into their networks as a result of the software they use, as a result of the vendors that they partner with, um, and as a result of, of third-party entities that may have access to, to their network? 
when you ask the question, cybersecurity threats for boards, in many circumstances, the response would be, well, it depends what companies we're talking about, because not all cyber threats are created equal. Not all uh, actors in this space are created equal. And, and oftentimes, some of the most sophisticated of attacks would be nation states, attacks uh, connected to foreign governments. And there are many companies that would not necessarily be the focus or target of those. But when you talk about the two areas that Alex just talked about, it is difficult to think of a company that could not, would not, or is not affected. Uh, ransomware, for example, or ransomware attacks, they're not looking for necessarily uh, sensitive information or defense technology or access to the U.S. government or sensitive personal data uh, that's connected to individuals that they could connect to espionage on. It's a for-profit enterprise. These are uh, sophisticated criminal syndicates that have discovered that they can make a profitable living doing this work. And in fact, uh, ransomware groups sort of adopted the comparative advantage of private industry, and they have different roles and responsibilities based on different groups in terms of who creates the malware, who uh, uh, is involved in, um, in in reaching out and making the threats. It just, at this point, again, the point being, their sole goal is to make money. And therefore, every single company is an, a, a potential attack vector. And it's the reason why, without more information, ultimately, more so than pretty much any other cybersecurity threat, ransomware attacks should be a priority for every single board. And then just on the second point in terms of supply chain, it's the same reason, same point as Alex made, which is um, supply chain is an issue for every company. And it is it is a vulnerability uh, that unfortunately has we have come to recognize and appreciate boards need to pay particular attention to. What role should boards be playing in dealing with a cyber incident like a ransomware attack? Well, Dave, I'd say... When we talk to boards about these types of, of incidents and, and incident response in particular, the key time for them is, is before an incident and, and after an incident. The reality is that the role of directors in executing an investigation to understand what happened and to respond to a cyber incident is, is very limited. Certainly, they uh, should be briefed on, on what's going on on a regular basis. They should understand what the company is doing. They uh, will certainly have questions about a company's response, but really the immediate aftermath of an incident, the the response efforts will will fall on on management and and they'll fall on the IT and security teams of of an organization. But there's a lot that boards should be thinking about before and uh, and after an, an incident. For example, before an incident, we talk to a lot of boards about what they can do to understand the risks that, that they're facing to make sure that uh, a company is taking reasonable precautions in light of the specific risks that a company is facing. And I, I think this feeds off of Brandon's point that um, no two companies are identical. And, and the goal of boards of directors is not just to think about, well, what is the baseline that every every company should adhere to, but rather to think about the specific risks that, that a company faces and, and to think about the extent to which it's it's appropriate for a company to to mitigate those risks. So their their goal should be to to set the tone uh, for an organization and and to ensure that an organization is taking cybersecurity issues seriously and that they're treating them as 
an enterprise risk that affects any number of, of areas uh, of, of a company rather than just as an IT security issue. They should also be thinking about how are these risks being communicated to, to the board. And so um, we've seen organizations do things differently. A, a lot of organizations have cybersecurity risks uh, elevated to the audit committee, but we're also seeing a growing number of companies that that have these types of issues be be raised to a risk or a technology or a cybersecurity committee, and to make sure that they're getting accurate information and timely information on a regular basis that that allows them to to fulfill their responsibilities. I'll I'll add to that. We've seen a lot of boards of directors. Uh, be interested in doing tabletop exercises and playing out what uh, an incident would would look like for their organization and what the escalation of information and the lines of communication would look like between uh, a management team and um, and the board of of directors. And then thereafter, boards really should be thinking about what what do they do post an incident and how not to let a good crisis go to waste. So. Boards have have often played a role in in making sure they understand what was the cause of the incident. What could the company have done better to to avoid the incident in the first place? And what can they be doing going forward to strengthen their environment and to to reduce the the risk to the organization going forward? Once again, to sort of uh, emphasize a, a few of Alex's points, not all cybersecurity incidents are the same. And, and one of the biggest challenges when it comes to managing a particular crisis uh, or cybersecurity incident is the decision-making. And ultimately the issue is oftentimes there are too many individuals who, who view themselves as decision-makers or stated differently, it's unclear in the organization who the right decision-makers are. And so reinforcing Alex's point, uh, the role of the board isn't necessarily in the middle of an incident to become yet another decision maker, but in fact, to address all of the issues on the front end. And I think circling back to the ransomware issue, it's, I think, particularly critical to have asked the right questions and make sure the right preparation has been done on the front end, because a ransomware attack truly is and creates a crisis in a way that's not necessarily the same for all cybersecurity incidents. And again, it gets to the dynamic of a ransomware attack. A cybersecurity incident, depending on who the actor is and their motivation, oftentimes may be there quietly. And oftentimes a a company may in fact have time when it has been identified to figure out their white way to address all of the issues related to that in terms of finding out how they got in, addressing the issue, Uh, communicating with customers, communicating with the public, and all those concerns. In a ransomware attack, the goal, because it is to pay, they purposely try to squeeze the timeline so that it becomes, in fact, a crisis. So you have less time to make those decisions, to determine how to address it, because ultimately that chaos uh, inures to their benefit, forces you to pay a higher premium on getting the information you need or, de- or, or getting the encryption uh, key that you need in order to go back to normal. And so the preparation on the front end is critical ultimately for when one of those crises does strike. What actions do you expect to see from the U.S. government with respect to cybersecurity in the near term? 
Uh, well, uh, Alex, uh, let me start on that one, which is one of the things that um, we have seen, but we expect to see not only immediately, but sort of expect the U.S. government to lean heavily on our sanctions, uh, economic sanctions. These are the tools that, for example, are the bases for prohibiting the export uh, of goods to Iran. Uh, it is a broad tool the U.S. government has, and it is typically the, if not first, one of the primary national security and foreign policy tools that the U.S. government has. And we have seen now cybersecurity and uh, harping on the theme from today, ransomware attacks have in fact become a national security issue. And so there have been some sanctions of, of groups uh, uh, with respect to uh, who perpetrated ransomware attacks, but the U.S. government uh, has announced that they are now intending to lean even heavier on sanctions with respect to this issue. And so we expect to see and continue to see now, once they sort of cross that line truly, uh, I would expect to see sanctions on all manner of persons and parties connected to ransomware attacks. I don't want to overstate that because there's a limit to how far the U.S. government is likely to go because if they sanction too many entities, if they make it too uh, difficult or unlawful for companies to pay ransoms, then ultimately they will, in essence, be outlawing ransomware payments. And that is not the objective, or at least what I perceive the objective to be of the government. They certainly, though, are going to look for ways to make it more difficult, and in particular, target ransomware actions or actors who go after or sort of cross lines, such as uh, impacting critical infrastructure. And again, I think that not only have we seen the U.S. government recently make an announcement on that, but I think that's probably a line that now that they've crossed, uh, they'll continue to push in that direction. What do you think, Alex? Well, I, I certainly agree with sanctions being a, a big part of what the government is is planning to do. Just to to fill out some other areas that that we're tracking. I mean, it, it, the the question in some ways is really how is each agency at the at the federal level and a number of uh, of agencies at state government levels, how are each of them responding to what has become an epidemic of of cybersecurity incidents, both both ransomware attacks and and supply chain attacks and and others, and we're seeing the Biden administration flex its muscle in in a number of ways in trying to demonstrate how the government can do more to to support companies and and that creates a difficult regulatory landscape for for companies to operate in because it means that you have agencies like the FBI and CISA who are interested in getting notifications from from victims and working with victims to understand what happened to benefit their goals of trying to share information with other companies and and to protect the the nation. We've we've got agencies like the FTC and the SEC that are each flexing their unique authorities uh, to deal with the cybersecurity issues that that we're facing today. So for example, the FTC under the new chair Lena Khan is is focused on consumer protection and on identifying cases where representations that companies are making about about the level of cybersecurity they have or of the protections they have for for personal information and other information uh, amount to unfair or deceptive practices and state attorneys general are are focused on that too the the other one that i think is is of particular interest to 
to boards is is what the SEC is doing. And they have have been focused. And I think, Dave, you you may be in a great position to talk about this as well in terms of scrutinizing what companies are disclosing to investors about cybersecurity incidents that they have experienced, uh, as well as the cybersecurity risks that, that they face, as well as whether companies have appropriate disclosure controls in place to make sure that when a company experiences a cybersecurity incident, that accurate and complete information about those incidents is being uh, communicated to uh, appropriate senior management and to the board that are responsible for making disclosures and and certain certifications to to the SEC. And uh, among the various things that the SEC is doing, for example, is is an enforcement sweep related to to the SolarWinds compromise that, that we've touched on already, uh, in which hundreds of companies who are or were SolarWinds customers are being asked for detailed information regarding when those companies learned about the SolarWinds compromise, whether the companies suffered their own incident as a result of, uh, of the SolarWinds events, and third, what, what those companies did to respond to that incident. And we're hearing that that effort by the SEC is both intended to identify perhaps companies that did not disclose material information about uh, a solar winds related compromise that they may have experienced, but it also feeds into a broader effort by by the SEC to to develop new rulemaking related to disclosures and disclosure controls and. Uh, and to take another step forward since the SEC's guidance in 2018. Great. Thank you both very much for all of those insights. I really appreciate taking the time to join me here today. Please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.